0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She's in Tech. I am one of your hosts, Maria Loza. I am a software engineer over at Picnic. I have graduated with a computer science degree. If you want to learn more about me or ask me any questions, you can find me on Twitter using the handler, this underscore underscore Maria. Daisy is another one of the hosts today, Um, if you don't mind. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is
1: Daisy Nolan. I am a self-taught software engineer with a degree in communications and marketing. I am I'm a front-end software engineer on the design systems at Trainual, and I'm very passionate about accessibility. So if you ever have a question or want to reach out, by, you can find me on Twitter at Daisy underscore nolan. And we have an amazing guest, Becca. I'll let you introduce yourself.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am Becca Hara weigel and I am a fun and developer and the creator of the Virtual Coffee community. You can find more out more about us at virtualcoffee.io. I'm a career changer, so I spent the first 10 years of my career as a college English teacher. I'm a mom of four, and then I went to a boot camp, and I've been doing this for about two and a half years now. Thank you.
3: Our sponsor today is This.Labs a best-in-class consultancy specializing in staff augmentation, architecture support and leadership, and training for startup and enterprise organizations. Find out more at this.labs.com or send us an email at hi at this.co.
0: And you mentioned that you are the creator of Virtual Coffee. Could you explain a little bit more what that is for our listeners who might not know? Yeah, absolutely. We are a community of
2: developers or people in tech at all stages of the journey. And we try to create a really welcoming space for everyone and provide opportunities for learning, leadership, and contribution for everyone. I read that every Tuesday at Virtual Coffee when we meet up on Zoom at 9 a.m. Eastern. We also have one Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. And we come into the Zoom room and we have a little bit of just conversation and then we have some announcements about who we are as a community. And then we go into breakout rooms of eight to 10 people where we have room leaders and note takers. And we just try and provide a really intimate space for people to share and be open about the things in their lives and and what challenges they're facing or questions that they have. And so we do that. And if members are, if there's new folks there, there's a new member sheet or a form that they can fill out that gives them access to our Slack. And we have members-only events that we run through Slack, like our Lunch and Learns on Fridays that are all presented by members. So we're learning all kinds of new stuff together. We have a podcast too, and we do monthly challenges and events. We just are wrapping up our Hacktoberfest, our second one ever this month, and we're very, very excited about that. But we have people who are just learning, people who have been doing it their entire careers, startup founders, everyone in between. It's just a really great way to be able to share and continually grow together in in a really positive environment.
1: Yeah, so I've been able to attend two events uh, with virtual coffee. So one was at the end of the uh, Magnolia JS conference. And it was really great. And I saw how welcoming everyone was in the group. And then the, the next one I did was last week. And I was actually in your small group. And we talked about ethics in the workplace. And what I loved was, you know, really got us thinking about that, you know, it's not just like always sunshine and rainbows about what people are doing, but I love those like harder topics. So I imagine it's gotta be kind of like a balancing act of like being open and letting everyone share their opinions, but also staying true to your code of ethics. So kind of how do you do that?
2: Yeah, for us, you know, our code of conduct is something that's very important to us. And as we started to grow as an organization as virtual coffee it started as i i went on twitter and just asked people if they wanted to meet up for virtual coffee and then we kind of just kept going with it and solidifying what we were doing and i thought well you know we're a real organization, we should probably have some real organization things. And one of those things that we identified was the code of conduct. And so we spent a lot of time being very deliberate about figuring what goes into our code of conduct and, and how to make sure that we provide a welcoming and safe space for our community members. And we reviewed other code of conducts, tried to figure out, you know, what language worked best for us and, and then just made that part of our intro to every single virtual coffee. And for us, it's about providing this safe space where we can be open to other people. We can be empathetic, but at the same time, we know that that there are things that are important to keep our community members safe. And I think that's how you get to a place where you could be in a group of 8 to 10 people and say, hey, I'm worried about the ethics of this thing that's going on in my workplace. Can we talk about it? Because that can be something that's really challenging to talk through there can be a lot of like hot takes on that, right? And, and I, one of the things I love is that we can have those hot takes, but we can have a conversation about things. We can be respectful. We can learn from each other. We can grow. And we don't always have to agree with each other. And I think that that's great because that means that we're creating something that. Is provides us with so much different like diversity of thought and and backgrounds. And it for sure has helped me to grow as a person over the last year and a half. So I think finding those ways to preserve that code of conduct and to provide opportunities for the members to recognize that we feel really strongly about this code of conduct is
0: one of the things that's allowed us to create such a positive and nourishing space. That's wonderful to hear. And I, I did attend one of the events. Uh, I think it was last two months. <laughs> one of the reasons why I don't attend them often is they land at the same time as my daily meetings. So I could only do like half of it and then I have to leave, unfortunately. And I remember being very welcoming. Everyone was discussing. Everyone was trying to include everyone. And also being very respectful of the people who maybe didn't want to participate and they were just theirs to sit. Listen, and I I love that. And I'm part of the Slack community as well, and I love seeing just how active it is and how everyone is supportive of each other. I love the fact that you have a channel where uh, it's—I think it's the winds of the day, or yeah, I can't remember exactly what the channel is probably. Yes, that one. And I love it because it's we're trying to make that community of this is what I did for today. Let's celebrate it with other people. And sometimes you just don't really see that in your own company. So to be able to have that experience of connection is amazing. And I I really thank you so much for making this space for us.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been such a community driven thing. You know, there have been so many people who have helped and supported along the way and provided us with ideas to move forward and to grow. And I I agree that one of the special things is we can share those moments. You know, we've shared a lot of heavy moments together, especially recently. And we just come together and really support each other, no matter what those moments are, wherever somebody needs help or support or a cheerleader or someone to say like, yes, that's awesome that you did that. You don't always get that in the workplace or especially being fully remote. A lot of us now, there's that lack of interaction or for new developers or people who have been consistently on bad teams. You don't know what it's like to have that positive interaction and until you finally find it. And I know that that's been a space for a lot of people here that I've really loved to see how people grow when they are provided with that support that they haven't gotten in other places.
0: Yeah, it was, it's wonderful. And another channel that I love is the help impairing channel. It's just again, I I know I keep saying it, and it's it's it feels so welcoming. And one of the things that I look for in a, a community is that welcoming feeling, especially to a new developer. I still consider myself somewhat new. I have three years in the experience, but still learning. So for me to be able to reach out online to strangers of like possibly the smallest, dumbest question is very hard for me. And then as, um, especially since as a female, I'm not sure how that question could be interpreted, right? So to be able to see that it's so welcoming and there's no judgment at all. It, it just really makes me even more proud of being at this, you know, in this community. And I do want to make a point that it's, it's so open for new developers, young developers, any level. And I, I just wish more people knew about it. And the reason I knew about it was because of this thought. This thought has a monthly mentoring meeting for females. And every time someone would talk about it, it would always be really nice things.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, it's so great to hear. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's how I heard about it was from our monthly mentor sessions. And one thing, Maria, I feel like it doesn't matter if you're in the industry for five months or five years, there's going to be stuff that you're still learning. Tech is always changing. And then your career path is going to change. So for me, right now, I'm a front end engineer. My last company, I started moving toward more full stack. And my current role, I'm not full stack, but that might be something in the future I might want to look into. And I, you know, it's great to build a community to, you know, encourage you. And I, I'm one of those that believe that there's no dumb questions. The only dumb questions are the ones that don't get asked. And so don't ever feel weird. I mean, asking things, even if you feel like it's dumb. Like I said, I don't believe in that. But no, so like, I know I was always preached about, you know, networking. My mom was in human resources and a big hiring manager. And then I felt like with the switch of during COVID and everybody going remotely and being able to connect with people, like, what are your thoughts about networking and using this tool? I mean, do you think it is important? And then, you know, staying up to date with different people virtually virtually I cannot say that word y'all I'm so sorry but anyway I think you know what I'm asking (laughs) yeah
2: absolutely so I think you know networking is so important for a lot of people and a lot of reasons and I think that part of it is you know networking has kind of gotten this bad name where it feels kind of like dirty or gross but I think that If we reframe how we think of it and we think rather rather than thinking about it in those terms, thinking of it as building authentic connections. And that's what we essentially do at Virtual Coffee. And it's something that everyone needs. Right. We've got developers who, like I said, are, are senior plus levels and they've come into the community and and through meeting other people. They have found other jobs that, that are more positive than where they were before. Or, you know, we've seen people who have been beaten down in their career path for years and just feel like, you know, maybe I'm not cut out to be a senior developer anymore. And it's time for me to do something else. But in reality, what's happened is they've just found themselves in a very toxic work environment for a lot of years. And they've lost that confidence that allows them to get out there and to grow and to change. And so I think that, you know, being able to talk to other people, whether that's somebody at their same level or that somebody new to the industry who has a different experience or perspective, that provides a real growth moment for everyone. And so when we can talk about our problems that we're facing, or if we could talk about our dreams, or the things that the goals that we have that we want to achieve, when we can talk openly about those things, we are more likely to see them happen. And when you have a network of people, that network is not your only network, right? Because Daisy, if you're in my network, then also the people who are in my extended network, are in your network as well. And so when we kind of see that effect, we can recognize that, okay, you know what, this is a really great tool to figure out where do I want to be? Who can I talk to that can help me better understand the situation that I'm dealing with now? And if I'm interviewing for a job, well, I know that this person is three people removed from this company. But I bet you if I ask them, they can help me to find the answer to determine whether or not this is going to be a good place for me. Or is it a dumpster dumpster fire like people keep telling me. And so when you know people and when you have those authentic relationships with them, those authentic connections, then you're more likely to get honest answers from them. And they're more likely to know, help you along your path. So for me, networking is all about, you know, meeting people where they're at and and creating those authentic
1: relationships that help you to grow. I 100% agree. And you never know where a connection is going to lead. So I'm not going to like name drop people. But there was this one engineer who's really high up and has a lot of followers. And I chatted with them. And found out, I think they had posted that they had just moved to Austin, Texas. And so I reached out via Twitter and was like, oh, hey, like I lived in Austin for six years. I know it's in the middle of the pandemic. So I just wanted to send you my favorite food recommendations for takeout. That was it. I didn't say I'm an engineer, didn't do all of this. However, when I was looking for a job, I reached out to them and said, look, I'm looking for a front-end engineering role. If you know of anything, please keep me in mind. That was it. They wrote on Twitter to all their followers that I was looking for a job. And it was amazing. I since got laid off. And then again, you never know where connections are going to go. The company I'm at now, my husband went to high school with one of the, the people there. I have met this person, connected them through social media prior, way prior to this. And then seeing like, oh, this is a personal connection and they work at this company. And same, it's just crazy. Like, I know some people, some people are like, oh, well, the only connections I have are, you know, through my spouse's work, through this. Again, you never know what's going to happen. They might hear of a company hiring or, you know, they might move companies and say, oh, hey, I remember you're looking. But I think it is important to make those genuine connections and make it personal. You know, I tell people all the time, if you like someone's video, go and tell them like, oh, hey, I really like that. Let's connect or oh, we you have an interesting story. Let's connect because it's just when you make those personal connections, you're going to stay top of mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like you said, you know, comment on someone's video or if you watched a talk someone that gave, let them know that you enjoyed it. People put a lot of time and effort into that. And there's not a lot of response, unfortunately, where people there's uh, plenty of opportunities for people to say why they didn't like it. Right. You know, you inflected the words wrong or something like that. But those moments where people say, hey, I really enjoyed your your writing or your video, those are the moments that start to stick. And those were that's how conversations are be made are made. And I would also say I I'm an I would call myself an introvert. So I'm maybe most likely an ambivert. So mostly an introvert, but in the right situation, I can I can bring the inner extrovert out in me. And so those conversations can be hard, I know, but recognize that there are simple ways to get them started and to make you feel comfortable. So, you know, in virtual coffee, we always say, if you want to come into the breakout room and leave your camera off the whole time, mute the whole time, that's totally fine. If you would rather participate through chat, we'll keep an eye on that too, because we want to meet everyone where they're at and help them to feel confident in the ways that they're communicating or to feel okay about it. And so I think that. It's, it's the same thing here. Think about what level you are comfortable with communicating with people. And even if that's just a, hey, I wanted to say I really appreciated that video, that's a really great place to start.
3: When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev heroes aren't just people who devs admire. They're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com.
0: And that is, it's wonderful. And to be able to hear it all the time, and it, it helps to cement it, especially for myself. I, as you mentioned, am an introvert as well. So it's a little harder for me to put myself out there and make those connections so it's always nice to hear it from someone who's, who's pretty much done everything and, and, and is successful at uh, making a community so i'm sure our listeners would also love to hear that i do remember you mentioning at the beginning that you were a career changer and i was a little curious about that what what made you or what compelled you i should say to make that switch
2: Okay, so this is a a different story. I don't think anybody else has the same story I do. I taught college English for 10 years. I didn't plan on changing. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I just felt okay about it. And then when I had my fourth kid, shortly after I had her, something was severely wrong and I knew it. And the doctors kept saying, no, you're okay, you're okay. And they sent me home and it turned out that two of my organs had ruptured into each other. And so then I went a month trying to figure this out. And then I had surgery, which was major surgery. And after surgery, they didn't cap my morphine pump. And I overdosed on morphine and they had to give me Narcan, which undoes all of the effects of the narcotics. And then a week later, I went home and no surprise, I found myself with depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And so for me, I went home and I didn't feel like I knew who I was anymore. Like I didn't know my place in the world. I taught the entire time. I taught from my hospital bed when I was in the hospital. I went home and I taught online and I just felt no real appreciation for what I did or no clear path. And my husband was a programmer and he said, you should learn how to code. And I thought you've got to be kidding me. Like I've got four kids and I can't keep my head on straight right now. And he kept saying it. Fine. Okay. If you will just stop saying it, I will try free code camp. And I started doing free code camp and this funny thing happened every day after, after I had been sent home from the hospital, after I had gave birth to my daughter, I went back to see the OBGYN about a week later. And I said, I'm still having problems, and she went over my symptoms and she said well you're you're not my problem anymore and that was it and that moment replayed in my head over and over every single day and when i was coding it stopped and so i don't know if it was the learning the new skill thing so maybe if i would have taken up knitting it would have been the same or if it was like the focus that's required to make it through those error messages. (laughs) But whatever it was, it became very therapeutic. And I learned that not only was it therapeutic, I enjoyed it. And there was a great community of people in tech. And for me, I was an adjunct professor for 10 years. There's no community, no matter how hard I fought to create community. And it was great to have people cheer me on and say like, you know, I had this Twitter account and people are like, yeah, good job. I'm like, I don't even know you. And you told me good job. And I don't think anyone's ever told me good job in the last 10 years, you know? So then it just, I kind of went down this path of like loving it and getting a full scholarship to Flatiron Bootcamp. And this is kind of where I am. And it's a t- subject I talk openly about. I... I um, recently gave a talk, it's called Using a Person from Trauma to Tech, Using a Person-Centered Approach at Kansas City Developers Conference. And I I cried like the first 20 minutes of giving that talk. And some of the feedback, one of the conference organizers came up to me later and said, hey, I, I work with somebody who's here. And I asked him, you know, like, how was the conference today? He's like, well, I went to um, I only went to one talk and it was like, it was, it was very strange. It was like one of the most awkward, but like energizing things at the same time. he was like, I knew it had
1: to be your talk. I'm
2: like, yeah, yep, it is. So I stood up there and cried in front of a bunch of people and I made it through it. But you know, for me, it's, it's about like making those changes. And it's always been about that since I got into tech. It's, I don't want anybody to feel alone like I did when I was in that doctor's office and her telling me that I wasn't her problem. Nobody is a problem here. You know, we all should be working together to support each other, and that's kind of driven me through every everything I've done in the last five years. So it is, you know, a, a full a full on experience, but it's also one that I wouldn't take back because. It's formed me into the person I am today and allowed me to be vulnerable with people in a way that I never would have six years ago.
0: I'm just at a loss of words. I'm not really sure what to say other than, I guess... Thank you so much for sharing with us and sharing with the world. And again, thank you so much for Ritual Coffee because I what I said is honestly the truth. And I I don't think I found another community that's that I've actually stuck with and feel like I'm part of it, even though I might be more of the sidelines kind of person. But thank you, like yeah, (laughs) thank you so much. And I guess I don't know. I, I just (laughs) <laughs> like I said, unless that works, it's always that, you know, there's
2: always that awkward moment after someone asks, like, well, how did you get into tech? And I'm like, well, <laughs> You know, how, how much of the story do you want to know? Do you want all of the details? Because we can go there. But, you mm-hmm. know, like what's come out of it is recognizing what it is to be empathetic to people mm-hmm. and to do that, you know, and, and how do you do that In different ways, because, yeah, it's how you meet people, but it's also providing support for them. And so, you know, this might sound silly, but I think documentation is a huge part of that. And we've leaned heavily on that in virtual coffee, because part of making people feel comfortable or feel like they're part of the community is anticipating what their needs and their expectations are. And when you have a group of people that's grown like we have in the last year, you have to create support structures for them. And so, you know, reading that script every Tuesday and Thursday is important, highlighting that code of conduct and using the tools that developers are used to using. So a lot of our stuff is done in GitHub and we use the project boards and the issues, whether that's for community events or like actual technical events. And we do that because we want to decrease the friction for people coming into tech, but also not make people find new places to do things who have been in tech for a long time, you know? So so, providing those pathways and giving clear instructions is huge. I mean, I've even, this is a side note, but like the last almost year, I've spent navigating the insurance system and trying to get them to cover expenses for a separate treatment for my husband. And there's no clear pathway. I literally sat on a phone call with a, a woman who said, Well, you've done all of the things. I don't know what to tell you. And we see developers move into those situations too, where they're not sure where to go or what to do. And that doesn't provide a safe space for them. That doesn't allow them to be open and vulnerable. And all of those things from the very first day that you onboard that person is where you need to start looking at how you can improve what you're doing. And it's not something that stops. You don't check all the boxes and say, well, we're done you check the boxes, and then you start over.
1: Yeah, my, um, my company product actually is onboarding and a lot more not just onboarding. But I didn't realize, I guess, like how different like everybody does those types of things, except when you're, I mean, in the past year, I've had three different, I've worked at three different companies with, you know, contracting or for um, other reasons, but it's it's crazy, like you know you've got documentation you know on one platform, documentation for the company on the other, and it's just so hard and when you first join and not having a community to feel like I can't ask the stupid question. One thing I liked about this dot was we had a buddy, and it was your buddy was different from your manager because your buddy was there if you had a stupid question, like it was my first engineering job, but luckily, like I knew how to make a pull request before that, but if I didn't. And I somehow still got the job like it would be great to be like, Oh, hey, buddy, stupid question. But how do I make a pull request? And but like, I like that. But you know, some companies, they don't make someone feel open to be able to to ask those questions, or they don't feel like that right out of the gate. And I mean, I think it's so important to, yeah, find a community and, you know, whether it's not at your company, but like virtual coffee where you can ask people these things of like, Hey, I really don't know how to rebase. Can you jump on a call and show me? Because the docs are sometimes confusing. So yeah, no, I definitely can understand all that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, even if you have a solid company where you have people you can ask questions to, it's so useful to have a community of people who are not all members of your company, just to provide you with a wider perspective of how other people do things, because you can do things that are really, really great. But then you don't innovate, because things are already really, really great. And then you're in a community and you see somebody else doing that, like, wow, that's, awesome, that would make it even more awesome. And so, you know, it's always, for me, (laughs) striving for, you know, how can we continually make this better, a better experience for people, a better product for people, and something that, you know, provides support for everyone who is included in this conversation. One
0: of the things that you said earlier resonated in me, because it was a topic that was discussed a while back, but I feel like it's not a topic that is discussed a lot and it's empathy. And I feel like empathy and documentation go almost hand in hand, right? You need to be empathetic towards the people who are going to be using this product or have to work with it because you know you could be a, a new uh hire you're coming in. Maybe there's you're the only uh software engineer. Uh, the last one was, you know, who knows what happened. But they didn't leave documentation. So now you're in the deep end of the ocean of like what I, like I recognize that it's React, but that's like, what What are you doing here? And then you start to recognize that's not how you should do it. But there must be a reason why, right? And, and that's where we sometimes lack an empathy and the lack of documentation. And to be able to hear some companies do have a great onboarding, I feel like that's the First impression that you get to see of empathy.
1: Absolutely, like I, I, will like hit
2: the one hundred percent button to that as many times as I possibly can. It, it is. It's a good introduction to how your company views empathy. I think, and I think new hires and and including new developers are some of the most important people to be asking about your documentation. And so, don't just give them the documentation, but also provide them a way to give you feedback on that documentation, because that creates a clearer path and says like, hey, we are open to doing things better. And we would love to have your opinion on this. And you no, know, they might not have any feedback because sometimes giving feedback is, is hard. But But you have established what your relationship with them as a new hire is. You have established that you are willing to listen to new ideas and that's all built into empathy.
1: Yeah, and I definitely encourage people like if you see something different, you know, like onboarding, like yes, definitely voice your opinions. I've like I said in the past year I've had three different companies and some do things great, others don't do those things great, but what I've done is them like, "Hey, look, I notice we're not doing accessibility right now. I'd love to build a training playbook that's going to teach other engineers coming forward" to t- have a test and all these other things. And then some companies, I'm like, look, I think we need a style guide for tone of voice because we didn't have content writers. And so we, you know, the engineers, we were writing the content. And so depending on what country they're from, what kind of culture, we all have different spelling. of a theater. I know that's a really, really good, like, contrived example, but having those things set in place. And if you see something that's lacking or things that you think you can improve on, Definitely voice your opinions. That's what I think. Be invested in that company and you want to see it succeed. So, you know, being able to bring that up either in a one on one or a meeting with your manager, I think that's going to be like super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think along
2: with that, being open with your feedback to other people is really important too. We read Radical Candor as one of our book club books for virtual coffee, and it's been One of the books I think that's really changed my approach in the last couple of years in recognizing that I think it's like empathy with action maybe is the tagline or something like that. But sometimes we try not to hurt people's feelings. So we're not totally honest with them or we say this is good work when really there's a lot to be improved upon. And that doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit your team. It certainly does not benefit that team member. And it doesn't benefit you from not being honest about things. And so those hard conversations are worth having. And they'll help you to grow as a person and they'll help the people around you to grow. And you figure out what the best ways are to communicate with each other. And that will look different for everyone because people are motivated in different ways. People take feedback in different ways. And sometimes it'll be challenging, but if you keep those lines of communication open, then you'll be able to figure out what works best. So for me, it might be like, hey, I would love to give you some feedback. One is a good time to do that. And that can kind of open my mind to brace myself, you know, for for what that might look like. But it gives me that pause and rather than jumping into direct feedback. That's not the same for other people. No other people. Somebody said, "Man, if somebody said that to me, I would freak out until I heard what the rest of the conversation was." So, just recognizing that we all communicate differently is is huge in in that.
0: It's. I was smiling a little bit earlier because you mentioned uh, radical candor, and this is now the second time I've heard of this book, and I have it on my wish list on Amazon. So I think it's it's a big sign that I should probably read it. So yeah, and now I'm really excited to give it a try. So I'll have to order it probably this week, which reminds me, we should go to our next um, section, which is Picks.
3: Hey folks, it's Charles Maxwood. And I just wanted to jump in here and let you know about something that I'm doing. It's free. It's out there just to help you get answers to your questions about the things that you're running into with your career. So if you have questions about how to get further ahead in your career, How to start a podcast, how to get a better job, how to get a raise, how to deal with a situation at work with your boss, or just maybe you're stuck and you don't know where to go next. You know, how do I get from junior to senior, senior to whatever's next? How do I become a speaker? How do I get to the next level? That's what I'm out here to do. So every Wednesday at 12 o'clock Mountain Time, I'm going to be doing a call and it's going to be free, totally free. Go to devchat.tv slash level up, and you can register for the call. It's using Zoom's webinar software, so it's pretty straightforward. And what we're going to be doing is I'll do 10 minutes, and I'll just show you how I do some form of how I level up, and then we'll just answer questions. And it's not going to be a question and answer like, hey, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And then I say Rocky Road or whatever, right? Instead, what we're looking for is more along the lines of, yeah, I have this situation. How do I handle it? I'm trying to figure this thing out. How do I figure it out? I'm trying to stay current. How do I stay current? And if you have any of those kinds of questions, I'll bring you on the call. We'll ask some deeper questions. We'll make sure we get you a solid answer. And I'm really looking forward to helping some people out. There will be no sales, no selling, no nothing on these calls. It is literally just 10 minutes of training and then Q&A. So you can go check it out at devchat.tv slash level up.
0: And just to give an idea to our listeners what a pick is, is we go around the room and we just share something of ourselves. It doesn't have to be anything about you know software engineering. It could just be whatever makes you uh, smile uh, or whatever makes you you know you know just whatever you want to share kind of thing. It could be physical. It could be something. Uh, maybe today you had a great day and you want to share that specific moment just anything at all and i always completely forget about these even though i look forward to hearing them from other people uh so i guess my pick will have to be my i don't think i can show it because it's plugged in but it's my little uh pink salt lamp. Uh, they used to be really popular back in the day the trend i think they're still kind of popular but i don't know something about it just like having it on my desk and being able to look over at it makes me just happy, I guess. And it's, uh, something I really enjoy, especially during stressful moments at work at the desk, I can just look up and like, okay, there's my, my pink little lamp. And, uh, Maybe I'll just do like a head pad and it's like, okay, it's okay. It's going to be fine me. And then I continue with my day. So that's my pick. Stacey, do you have your pick that you would like to share?
1: I do. And I definitely know what lamps you're talking about. And I do feel like they're coming back. I see them all the time. But my my pick is called Zenvivi. So I'm a backpacker. I don't go through like crazy through hikes. I just do like one or two nighters. But my sleeping bag, what my husband and I's problem was, is like we move a lot while we sleep with our sleeping bag. And like I like to have one leg kind of like by my chest and when like laying out, it's so weird. But anyways, traditional sleeping bags are, you know, sometimes called a mommy bag and they're made to you know keep all of your body heat in there but it just not practical for somebody that flops around like a fish in their sleep so this sleep system is just great if you want it to be like more of like a mummy bag you can but the you have your sleeping pad and then there's a sheet that has like the little part for your head and then yeah, uh, you have your blanket on top, and so it's all separate, but you can not make it to where it's like one piece. But really, highly recommend it. Again, I don't, I think it's great, you know, when you're backpacking and you lay down and you can feel the ground on your hips after you've been carrying that uh, back all day is the worst thing. And this one has been great. Again, used it once. I haven't done it through hiking, but I do recommend it. That is awesome. So I'm going to give you a glimpse of what went through
2: my mind as an ADHD person who did not take their <laughs> Adderall this morning. So it's like, oh, you know, I, I knew that this was coming, right? And this morning we, we had a similar question as our intro question to virtual coffee. And I couldn't think of anything. So I said, one of those multi-use tools that fits in your wallet. And I was like, no, I can't say that. And then I was like, oh, I just finished one of my favorite podcasts, Dr. Death. And I was like, oh, I can't say that out loud. And then I was like, well, I went to the App orchard with my kids yesterday. That's a good one. So I couldn't say that. And then I thought, Well, it's my friend Nick Taylor's birthday today, and he is one of my favorite live streamers ever because he creates such a positive space for people. So I should say that. So I am going (laughs) to shout out my, my favorite, one of my favorite live streamers, Nikki T online on Twitch. If you get the chance to check him out. He also has VScodeTips.com community. And so he's always providing great resources for developers. And he is one of the most positive people in tech that I know, and always somebody that I can turn to. So I would say, if you don't follow Nikki T online on Twitter, go follow him because he is representative of all the things I would love to see in tech
0: from everyone. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. And that concludes another episode. Uh, Before we conclude it all the way, uh, one last introduction for everyone. My name is Maria Loza. Again, I am an engineer at Picnic. And if you want to discuss with me more, you can find me on Twitter with a handler, this underscore underscore Maria. Daisy, would you? Yeah, yeah, and I'm Daisy Nolan.
1: I am a software engineer at Trainual, and you can find me on Twitter at daisy underscore nolan. And Becca, yes, I am
2: Becca. Thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate being able to have this conversation with you. I am a front end developer. Creator of VirtualCoffee.io is where you can find us online.
0: And I think I said it all. So thanks again. Bye. Thank you for being here. And thank you, everyone. That was another episode of She's in Tech. And have a wonderful day.
3: Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.